Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. What's up, Tim? Nothing much, Bless. Nothing much indeed. Joining us as well, we got the big daddy, Greg Miller. Just working on where I'm going to put some Game Awards votes. Don't worry Ooh. Wow. wow, that's fun. Can you give me the inside scoop? Scoop it away, Greg. Let's just say Jeff spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Equals success. Reg? <laughs> or Fedge? Well, no. You know, Jeff, Jeff Keeley spelled like Jeff. Are you saying Jeff spelled backwards? Jeff. Bogue. 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 Have you ever, have you ever like Brazilian steakhouses? Never been there. Never been wow, there. Wow, really? They're really yeah. expensive. Uh, They're really good though. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I, one, I was gonna say the only time I've ever been to one is the one my mom's like, let's go to this Brazilian steakhouse. To which one I'm not I'm not cracking the wall. I would always drive by it and I heard that like Andy, if you wanna like if you want to really impress a date, you take them to Bogue de Chow. And I was like, all right, but I live in Austin right now, and I'm working at Best Buy, and that's a lot of money. <laughs> They're going to be, you get so full, because you can't stop eating. You just can't they, stop. You got this little coaster you flip over, it's green or red, and then they come by, and they cut off the f- meat for you. And you got, like, a game or something? What do yeah. you mean? It's, it's green means go. go, go, and red means stop. Red means yeah. red meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guys come around with a bunch of meat, they just give you unlimited meat. Wow. That's it's fantastic. Me. I went for my birthday last year, and it was Cool Greg's first time. I've he never wasn't seen ready for that. that. He wasn't ready. Oh, for that. he was. I don't think a week's went by that he hasn't brought that up to me since we've been there. Like it is like a transformative experience. Like, but it's it also is one of those things where when you're eating it, you're like, all right, the, the quality level of this meat it can't be that high. Oh, you know? I see what you're saying. Oh, really? I thought when I, the the uh, first time I went to Brazilian Steakhouse, which I think at this point is probably about ten months ago. I, I didn't believe it when I got there because yeah. I was like, because, you know, our friends took me there. They're like, hey, we're going to treat you. This is after I got uh, four of under 30, just like Tim Gettys. And thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. That happened? Yeah, yeah, it was wow. like December. It was crazy. That was like 12 years after Greg got a game award, right? Yeah, but like also, you know, what was the last time Greg won a thing? Yeah. About 12 Company years ago. World ahead. Championship. Don't Yearly, worry about I'm, it, yeah. I'm winning. Clean your fucking glass. Ever since. Thanks, I appreciate it. Goddamn disgusting. Legitimately, though, I couldn't believe just like the process of this thing of like, yeah, you put green for go, red for stop. That sounds And they'll just like keep cool. bringing you out meat forever. Like, there's no stoppage. What does time yellow do? Bring, bring bread. They bring Chill a out, like bag. <laughs> yeah. You on the fence? But yeah, Andy, we, we should do it sometime. I feel like now that you have your house of prime rib, cherry pop. Right. We that might was crazy. Need to Brazil it up. That was a wild experience. Well, yeah. Yeah. But that'll have to wait because this is the kind of funny games cast. Reaching every week, we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. And there's a lot to love right now because it is review season everybody and we are going to be reviewing and we have been reviewing a ton of the hottest games coming out you can get all of this on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free though and if you wanted to watch live as we record it where do they need to go andy 
Patreon.com slash kind of funny game. I like that exactly. he's even hit right before you do that. Patreon.com. <laughs> <laughs> I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're exactly right. You got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny uh, to get the show ad free and watch live as we record it. Just like our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Delaney Twining, Holy Crumpets, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew have all done. We appreciate you also very, very much. Uh, if you don't have bucks to toss our way, that's totally cool. When you're out on the Epic Game Store, use our creator code kind of funny on all of your purchases and it will help support us. Even if you're buying free games out there, just use our code and it helps get us money. It's really damn cool. I'm really impressed by all of that. Today we're brought to you by Policy Genius and the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast, but we'll talk about that later. I want to get into something we didn't get to cover last week, Andy, and that is A Plague's Tale. Now, yeah. here's the situation. I know you've been playing. You, you beat the first one. You're working on the second one. Greg got a little time in. But I want to start with Andy. Give me your Plague's experience. So I decided to play part one because I knew part two was coming up. And I know a lot of people love part one. And I always hear, like, oh, you got to play it. You got to play it. You got to play it. And I was kind of uneasy going in. Is it going to be a little too spooky for me? It's not. If there's anybody out there who's like me who does not love, uh, you know, scary experiences, it's a little kind of freaky at times. It's gory. It's definitely a game that does such a great job at making you smell what's happening on screen. Because so often there's like dead bodies everywhere and the character's like, oh my God, this is awful. And you're just like, I can smell this. Like I'm gagging with you, character. Um, I love the characters in this game. I, I love their back and forth. I love the relationships. They make you care Amicia. about. Amicia. Amicia. What do we go, Amicia? But then they, so I thought they changed the actors, Greg, going into the just got older. Requiem. No, they just told him to speak a different accent. To oh, use nice. a different, Cause like the whole time it sounds like French people doing or speaking English and in Requiem, they just straight up sound British now. And some people are like, Andy, you're crazy. And some people are like. Wow, what a weird accent change, and what a weird choice this was. So I thought. So did they, you look into it, or are you just making you're just making the declarative statement they changed the accents and they're no. Like, I mean, I can hear it. Like everybody kind of people can't though. Everybody just sounded like they were French people speaking English, and then now everybody's like, "Oh my goodness, where do we go from here?" And it's everybody's English now, and it's like, "What did you all do? Did they re no? They didn't recast anybody. Different accents. Very, very odd." I feel like this is honestly just Andy sliding in that he could do all these accents, and he wants to be in a plague tale. Amicia, what do we go from here, Amicia? This is a French accent. Mommy said we shouldn't do it. <laughs> Master Skywalker, what are we going Master to do? Master Skywalker, what we got to? That's my really good impression. Yeah, That's my yeah. really good. Yeah. Everywhere, what we got to? Anyway, um. <laughs> I, I know Greg's issues. <laughs> what what are we gonna do, Master Skywalker? Uh, Greg's Damn. big issue. <laughs> Gre Killing it today, <laughs> thank you, thank you, much. Greg's issue this with is the game. This is the real. <laughs> <laughs> the episode he just sends the future. Like so everybody ship this shit out. Everybody ship this shit out. Um, uh, Greg was letting me know his feelings before I ever hopped into the game, and he said that it felt, it felt like a video game, and I know exactly what you mean by that. Like, you don't. It feels very much like. If this, then this mechanic. If this, then this mechanic. The way I've talked about it, because I'm going to let you go. Go ahead, go ahead. That is, I feel like it wears its game design on its sleeve. And for me, it's just that you walk into a room and you're like, all right, a uh, big old thing of meat hanging over there, an empty fire thing there, so I'm going to go there to there to there to boom. And it's like, for me, that steals the magic of it, of feeling like I'm in the world. It's it's, And I have that sort of same thought, and I've brought it up before, of the way... Jedi Fallen Order Wards level design, honestly, where you walk into a level, it's like, 
I could see the gray box placement of all of this. Like, sure. you take away the textures, and I could see, like, somebody designing this as a level. And I totally understand what you mean, but um, I'm not trying to do the, hey, if you want to watch Clone Wars or whatever, you just got to watch four episodes here and six episodes here and six episodes there and 12 episodes, you know. I'm not trying to do that I anime don't, I, I don't thing. I don't need catchphrases like that uh, right you now. Know, yeah, bear okay. ties. Like, everybody, everybody watch Rebels, but you got to watch these four. And they, that's no, I'm going to print no, off, this, I'll print off your <laughs> list. I'll laminate the card for you. And these don't Cold it with you at all times. Um, I do think it takes a while to get going and open up. Because I agreed with you at the beginning. I do feel like it does wear its game design on its sleeve. But after a while, you have a lot more tools at your disposal and a lot more mechanics and abilities. And it opens up in a really fun way to where you legitimately kind of have this playground with abilities that you can use. Plague ground. Wow. Wow. I'm killing it right now. Are you allowed um, to freely free choose what you want to do, or is it still very much? Yes. Fun no. 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 Okay. Yeah. There are there are several different ways to take out enemies. It isn't just he's carrying that torch, and if you knock out the torch, then all the rats That's go attack it. By the way, Plague Tale is a game where there's just a shitload of rats everywhere all over the place and they do not like light so if you're holding a torch they're trying to attack you but you have a little thing and if you want to get over there you can throw a fire thing and it'll light that torch and then you can now walk over there without the rats attacking you but the arenas get much more complex and the enemy kind of like it's very much a stealth game so the enemy's timings will change every once in a while and it it opens up in a much better way than it was at the beginning because it felt very paint by numbers in the beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i'm playing requiem right now and it's very very similar um aside from the voice acting kind of uh, throwing me off or whatever but visuals are amazing like uh, you open this game up and it looks like the unreal 5 demo of like check out what we can do with mm. nanites or whatever the fuck they're talking about <laughs> in unreal 5 like the they've always had really really good character art none of this is a cutscene. that's just straight up like in-game stuff Wow. Um, it's a really, really good looking game. What's the cutscene though? No, like this is like this is in it's engine. It's not like pre-rendered. I'm yeah. just being clear. You're not in control there for what for people who are watching and don't know. Um, all right, chill the fuck. Oh, clean your glasses, dude. Clean <laughs> 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 your fucking glasses. Um, no, but I think the game is absolutely great and it's worth it. And I I'm happy that I played it because I got to experience a really cool story with characters that I immediately grew to care about. Um, and they they aren't afraid of doing like the we're gonna kill off a character that you may love so beware of that and you know th this game is not gonna take it easy on you in that way um is the story those are, are those seriously all just rats yeah yes cool yeah it is just swarms not, of rats yeah and it's not you know like obviously plague tale makes you think the bubonic plague or something like that obviously there's inspirations and they want you to think that way but there's a supernatural element happening mm -hmm. here and why there's so many rats and what they're doing and they're coming out of these crazy monster holes and you know your family's tied up in all yeah that. but but there are just really really cool things sometimes where you see guards and it's like okay what am i gonna do am i gonna throw a pot on this part to distract that guard or he's holding a torch. He thinks he's safe. I can knock the torch out of his hand mm. or have this new ability to knock out fire, fire, to extinguish yeah. fire, or I have abilities to light things on fire, or I have things that'll attract rats to certain areas. So there's like really neat, fun ways to be as brutal as you can possibly be when you just see like three guards are like, well, we're gonna fucking kill you. And you just hit them with a bomb that extinguishes the fire and then the rats just swarm all wow. over them. And you just hear them screaming and then it's just, a pile of bones and meat afterwards. It's really disgusting at times. 
But I think the game is absolutely great, and I can't wait to continue finishing Requiem. But then a little game called God of War got in the way. Has it has uh, it evolved convenience. much since the previous one? Because I'm similar to Greg, where I started Plague Tale Innocence, and I played probably about half, maybe a little bit more than half of the game before I was like, all right, this is cool, but I don't think it's as much for me. But then I remember watching the uh, trailer for Requiem, probably a few months ago at, I think it was either Xbox showcase or one of these showcases. And I was blown away because it looked like there was a lot more combat and a lot more happening gameplay mechanic wise in the game. Is there more combat? Is there like heavier emphasis on combat? Like, is there any gameplay enhancements that they've had for this one? I haven't gotten to that yet. Cause I did notice in that trailer, the main character Misia like hit a dude with a club and I haven't seen anything like that. Mm. They've taken away some of the annoyances that may have been bothersome where as soon as a guard would see you, they would just run to you, and then it cuts to a little cutscene, and you get plopped in the fucking face, or they, like, axe you in the head, and it's game over, right? But here, you have the chance to evade them in a way that doesn't feel like, oh, I got caught, might as well just put the controller down and wait for the you next restart. You can run restart. from them. You can break, mm -hmm. sight, you break sight and get them back into a guard rotation. Correct, yeah, and I feel like it's a little bit of those things that they have changed to improve the experience. Other than that, bless, I don't think they've evolved the game in a gigantic, meaningful way. But I, I also think that's to its to its betterment. Like I don't know if it necessarily needed to do that. I think early on it is definitely slower, and it picks up maybe three or four hours in. I would say. Um, but I for a game that I was like, all right, we'll see how part two goes. I'm I'll play through part one, see if I like it. I ended up really, really digging it. Good Great. video game. Everybody, everybody, play part one and then. Part two is on Game Pass if you have Xbox. On to you. What are you thinking of Plague's Tale? And it's only 30 frames on console, which fucking sucks. So I booted up the <laughs> PC version, and I'm getting, you know, like I should be because PC is best. Uh, yeah, I think uh, for Requiem, I think of the same things I thought of Innocence, where it's just not for me. I did the exact same thing, I think, where I put, uh, I did four or five chapters, and I was hoping that at, from the trailers, I'd always heard, especially from the audience, too, that, uh, like, oh, man, Greg, you would love Innocence. It's a Greg game. You know what I mean? It's story-based. It's stealthy. It's the, all these things. It reminds me of Naughty Dog, even though, obviously, it's a small, it's a more of a double-A studio, with, you know, than what uh, Naughty Dog is. And... I remember playing it back in the day and just never clicking, never getting into it, feeling, yeah, it is very mechanical of like, you know, okay, if this, then that, as you yeah. said. And so having seen the trailers for it, I was like, I'm interested. I'm hoping that they've taken the criticisms they had and we're going to start with a Amicia that is uh, further along in her journey and maybe is more active and stuff in terms of uh, going on uh, the offensive, in terms of what she can do here. And for me, it was the same thing for four or five chapters. Like, oh, it's starting very much how it starts the first time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm learning things. I'm getting the ability to snuff fire. But it's still like, for me, jumping in, I would hope we would have had more control over the rats or what that power is, you know what I mean? Especially because I watched a, a recap of like, well, so what was this, you know, I, I only know the beginning of the game. Where do we go? I watched the, like, in five minutes version of the first one where I was like, holy shit, this is straight up like a ps2 ps3 story i was just like all right guys oh suddenly it's fucking insane and yeah. the fucking pope has his own it, white rats that are fighting the black rats it, it, like, no right. it's straight up become like similar to the way kirby evolves and then towards the end it's like anime god fight like that's kind of the level of how it continues to ramp up oh um but yeah i don't want to spoil the I'm first one but i i feel like i feel like it's almost a a Captain Marvel thing, the MCU. Well, if she's just around, she could just fuck everybody up, and you know. Sure. So like, they have to work around that because by the end of it, you are able to control the rats in a way. 
I remember, well, I, I think it was like <clears throat> 2018 when Innocence came out, uh, and towards the end of the year, for when I was doing OKBeast, we were doing like our OKBeast <clears throat> Game of the Year discussions, and I had played some of Plague Tale Innocence for that, and I remember falling off, but then having our Game of the Year arguments or whatever, and like, uh, I think they were arguing for best story for Plague Tale Innocence, and I was like, all right, you guys got to sell me on this. Like, just spoil me on the game. Just, just spoil me. Tell me what happens. And I didn't believe what came out of their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the first half of the game that I had just played, I was like, "That is how, are you sure we're describing the same game here? Like, that's the level of insane that that game apparently yeah. is, too. And, and I, I had seen Lucy James tweet about, wow, you all weren't lying about that final chapter of Plague Tale. Like, it gets insanely difficult. Um, I guess I'm just a gamer. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just yeah. a crazy good gamer. So I didn't have the frustrations, luckily. Um, but I still have... <sighs> gamer i still have all the moments where i'm getting caught like an idiot in the stealth sections like where i just think like oh i should be good right now yeah. there was a fucking great moment where i am uh i'm leading a dude who has a he has a little torch and i'm trying to bring him towards rats i was like i'll oh, check this shit out i'm about to pop off this guy's going down he's got a little torch and I'm leading him towards this place. But I also didn't re really recognize that there was also a stand-up torch kind of nearby where I was. Sure. So the guy came by, and I knocked the thing, I knocked the torch out of his hand. <laughs> but the other torch was still there lighting him, so he was safe. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And the guy just had a spear, and he just jumped <laughs> in my chest. And it just <laughs> impaled me, and it was game over. So there's a lot of moments like that where you think you might have outsmarted them, and then annoyingly the people can just, like, you know, hurl a, a fucking machete at you or whatever. Um, it can get frustrating in some moments. I think the game is still well worth your time, and I'd recommend people play it for sure. Plus, are you interested in getting back to the second one at all? Or no, I think I'm I'm good. And, I, and that's based off of talking to Greg about it earlier. Where I, I think me and Greg had very similar um, reacts reactions to the to the original game, and asking Greg like, "Yo, what do you think of um, the new one?" Hearing his impressions, I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. I can probably trust you with this because we're coming from the same place." Like, if it was, if it, if uh, Requiem felt uh, seemed like it was doing like more of a you know revamp of, all right, cool. Now we're adding new mechanics, new all this stuff. Not that it has to do that to be better or anything, because I think the audience that likes it really likes it for what it is. But for me, as somebody who didn't love the first game, I don't think them doing more of the same is necessarily going to speak to me. Yeah, again, it's for me. Plus the thirty frames. I wouldn't recommend that on anybody. <laughs> like, I, would, <laughs> I, would I would wish that my worst friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and so yeah, it's the idea of like that, and like I feel like how even beyond walking into the room and seeing it, then it is the not on rails, but like feeling like you're clunky and you're moving around and what the enemy is going to do and how mm -hmm. to get around them and what I want to do that or how do I want to move it. It doesn't feel uh, seamless. It doesn't feel natural to me. It just takes me out of the experience because I'm like, well, I'm just playing a game. And at that point, I'm like, well, stealth is more fun in Assassin's Creed. Like, start listening. Oh, why don't I go play that thing? And it's like, well, the story's interesting here, but I don't even feel like the start of this one has good emotional beats and moments, I think. But I don't think I'm interested in terms of like, what are you trying to do? Where are you trying to go? It feels somewhat similar to what we've done before with this. And then there's like really great moments in it. In the trailer we watched, right? There's this moment where Amici is running away and the rats are like just destroying buildings. and stuff. Like that was an epic moment. Like, you know, nothing to take away from the game or anything where I was like, oh man, that was really cool. And that felt exciting. But it was one of the few times I felt excited in the game. And as gorgeous as it is, you still see the double anus in a lot of different. And I was gonna anus. say, yeah, that's my thing. It was like I think like <laughs> when you see double images anus. from it, even certain things, yeah, I think it looks beautiful. But then I think again, it gets clunky in motion. Where yeah. like the rats with that. Yeah. always, the rats, the way the rats move uh, reminds me so much of Minecraft water or lava, 
where it moves in like a block and you see it tumble because like the the rats are like sometimes if you're paying attention they run into walls and then they like shift up their textures and i understand you're doing thousands of rats you're going for something there's gonna be a sacrifice in quality there but again it speaks back to just the double anus of yeah anus mm. Anus. Funny, funny enough, I did hear, I heard anus before I realized that you meant double A-ness. <laughs> and I was like, I really wonder where he's going with this thought. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from Plague's Tale, Bless, you've been playing Bayonetta 3. I have Not been. too much of it, but no. I want your thoughts so far, and are you planning to keep with it? Uh, so I played about four to five hours of Bayonetta 3 so far. I don't know how much more of it I'm going to play. I want to play more of it. Like, I'm having a, a blast with it. It's just one of those ones that could be a victim to review season as we're in it right now yeah. and have just so many games that we're playing. Uh, that said, playing Bayonetta 3 reminds me of playing Astral Chain back in the day oh. where mm. a lot of those similar types of trappings are getting me into this one as well. Where I loved Astral Chain, right? I loved it for the for the combat. I thought the combat system was, was super unique and fun. I thought the style of it really carried it in terms of what the UI looked like, in terms of the you know soundtrack. what the soundtrack was bringing. Like, that game had a lot going for it in terms of just pure style, and that style sold me a, a lot. And of course, that was Platinum as well, and this is Platinum here again. And I'm starting to, I think I talked to you about, talked to you about this earlier, that like, I'm, I'm a platinum person. Like, plat platinum games, like, this is my kind of developer when it comes to the kind of action games that they're putting out, just in terms of, like, yo, let's make a video game as video game and make it look good, make it fun, make it crazy. And, um, you know, so far, again, I am four to five hours into the story. I have no idea what is happening, and I'm very okay with that because every single story beat they hit just feels absolutely chaotic and absolutely unhinged. Right, like people are turning into monsters, people are summoning monsters, people are, you know, people are taking their clothes off and transforming into witches. Hell yeah! Like there is so much, like batshit insane, this magical shit going on, but then also a lot of like just crazy ass, like you know, sexy shit <laughs> going Hell on. Yeah. In the game. Like I have as I, as we're approaching this, right? I like started typing down, like, okay, what are the talking points I want to talk about when it comes to being editor three? And the first one I I, I put down was just sex. Oh, yeah, like, a lot of sex. At every turn, I feel like there is some wild, just fucking sexy thing going on in terms of, like, camera angles and Bayonetta doing a costume change and ways around. I'm like, whoa, Boy, like, I got to hide my screen real quick. I can't let my coworkers see this while I'm playing at work. Um, nah, she calls over for that. <laughs> yeah, like, this is this mad crazy shit going on in this you think game. Monster Hunter. You think she's ever going to get LASIK? Nah, it's, they're probably not even real. Gotcha. <laughs> nah, they're, they're probably real. Like, she's, she doesn't seem like the type that would wear glasses just for the style. Hmm. I feel like she's more of a functional. Who the fuck is this person? You're, hold on. You're telling me for a second that Bayonetta <laughs> no, is all, functional no. for anything? <laughs> she got guns on her shoes, bro. <laughs> she has guns on her shoes. I love this. I'm so excited that you're, you're playing it for the first time because you haven't really played one and two no. at all. Andy, I'm actually really excited about you because I, I feel like as you've gotten deeper into the the soul side of the kind of third-person action games, like I, as far as I know, you still haven't gotten into the devil may cry kind of stylish action Correct. character driven stuff and like i feel like you're gonna get really into that once uh once you give them a shot well i i loved astral chain like i feel like that may have been the first one i remember playing yeah. devil may cry back in the day but they were never they never became the genre that i gravitated towards and like i have to play this new character action game um i just it it just looks so ugly, man. That, okay, so like, that's another uh, one of my talking points. It's which just is, switch. Like they're doing what they can. I'm not like you know trying to bag on on platinum. They're doing what they can with what they have. We can only do 
what we have with what we've got. I think I think Gandalf said that. Let me check. I have one of my bullet points here. <laughs> Yo, of, man, we can only do what we got when we have it, Frodo. We what we got. Uh, one of my bullet points is that the visuals are trying their best, <laughs> which is to say that, like, man, I'm I'm tired of the Switch, man. At least I'm tired of what the Switch does to to games like this because looking at it can feel like an eyesore at times. But then there are other times where I'm like, no, this game is really stylish. Like, you look at the UI, you look at uh, certain things that they do in terms of cutscenes and like big uh, uh, creatures that you can summon and make them fight each other. And it's like, wow, this game looks stunning from a stylistic aspect, but in terms of fidelity, just isn't bringing it. And that is not its fault, right? That is purely the Switch's fault. It's the same issue I had with the last No More Heroes game. It's the same issue that I'll have if I go back and play Astral Chain, right? I'm sure I'll feel that exact same, same way. Same issue you're going to have with Breath of the Wild too. Yeah. No, well, I mean, you're oh, right, right? Man. I mean, unless it comes out with the Switch Pro, you know, Nintendo, yeah, the damn thing. That's true. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. I played on the Switch hopefully. Pro. It's pretty good. God hopefully yeah. um but yeah it's the same issue i'll probably have with breath of the wild too of like man this game can look so much better and i am noticed i am noticing the fidelity shortcomings more and more because we are now getting deeper and deeper into the ps5 and xbox series x life cycle and i'm getting games that look incredible i'm getting games that look like elden ring i'm getting games that look like uh last is part one right i'm being now i'm being spoiled with performance modes and mm. 4k resolutions mm. and all this stuff that like going back and playing going quote unquote going back right uh playing bayonetta 3 i'm like oh man this could this could look so much better that said right regardless of that i'm still enjoying it i'm still having a a, a great time shout out to the giant monsters that are in the game because that's one thing that i wasn't expecting again me not knowing much about bayonetta going in aside from the flashy action por portions of it there's uh, a mechanic as bayonetta where you can summon these gigantic beasts at any point in combat and they'll come through and you're commanding them like um i don't know what a good analogy is it looked like a fighting game kind of right yeah. when they're like the two gigantic things or well that was just like one scene of it which was oh. crazy right of like oh yeah there's basically basically a kaiju battle that you can control um early on in the game that's pretty fun but just at any point you can summon gigantic fucking lizard looking creatures barrett has footage that Ooh, he's showing here where cool. it is you are you press L2 or ZR or whatever the fuck, fuck. and you press buttons to like command it, uh, while Bayonetta is just chilling there like doing her thing, um, and of course like that the charge of that, outfit. the the charge I mean that's Bayonetta at this point the charge of it runs out after a certain point but like it comes back pretty quickly and yeah half of these battles are you just controlling bigger creatures to uh, fight other bigger creatures for you and the scale of it feels insane right it feels pretty awesome and. It controls really well for uh, for a mechanic that is based around creatures that are moving fairly slow, right? Because it is like they're moving like giant creatures, and it is like them swinging a punch, the punch taking a few seconds to actually hit, and then you teeing up another one after that, and like going uh, going about it that way. It's still fun, and it still feels like a flashy, fun action game, despite that kind of slowing the pace. And I find that pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, like Bayonetta three, I think is an absolute blast. The review scores also are like really good for it when we talked about it earlier you know sitting at an 89 on metacritic and honestly that feels about right um and so yeah if you're a bayonetta fan or a platinum fan or an action game fan i i can recommend bayonetta 3 i think it's a really fun time i have the quote by the way again off quote mm -hmm. if you don't, don't mind all we have to do all right, i fucked it up all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us god what a movie can i ask you another question here what's going on greg he mentioned there the big battles and the, the punch coming in slow-mo. We see that in movies and stuff all the time. Ant-Man gets big. He's a little bit slower than everybody else. Yeah, what is it? what's that all about? Okay, I was going to ask you if you knew. Does anybody know? Is time that relative to an ant? Am I moving real slow when I'm walking around? Like, whenever something's big, everybody's always like, Ooh, 
Yeah, I, I think it's the assumption of like how they they process movement because we assume like flies fly around like so quickly, right? Sure. That they're mm -hmm. processing us so much slower because to their perspective, their uh, movement isn't fast; it's normal movement for them. I got, it. I got the thing. But so, I but I, I wanna, so a big human though wouldn't be slower to me, right? I always thought here's it was the late. thing. Here's the thing. I think it's the distance. Because whenever you see a plane fly, it doesn't really look like it's moving that fast. Up there, hello also, fast. My, uh, Mike L in the chat says inertia, more mass, less speed. He's just shouting things out. That Those doesn't tell us anything. I don't yeah. know. I, that's the closest to science with Kev we're going to get today, though. Gravitron. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Can we call Kevin? Is that possible? Yeah, he's got the day off. I feel like yeah. that's not oh, Yeah. Greg? Yeah. Before we move on to yeah. the topic <laughs> of the show. Stop, 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 stop. Uh, a week ago, I wax poetic about this game called Marvel Snap. That's right. This very table. And during that, you're like, I'm downloading it right now. Yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I'm obsessed. I love it. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Everybody's obsessed, dude. It's so yeah, I know. Good. Shout out to Tim Gettys. Thank Usually, you. Pacemaker. You know, he, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, Cuphead. And like, yeah, we know. We know Cuphead's cool. You know what we I mean? know. Marvel Snap, you're the first person I heard talk about it positively, and now everybody's talking about it positively. So but yeah, I'm super completely hooked on it. Like, it is the thing of like, when I, you know, it's such a great game right now for the limited amounts of time I have to play here and there, the exhaustion I have and bandwidth, you know, I have of being able to pop in there and just get a game out right while I brush my teeth or, you know, I'm watching Ben, you know, you know, he's taking care of himself. He's playing with some knives and I'm just <laughs> yeah. on my phone you know, doing <laughs> sure. it. Or, you know, I just want to get in there. I do want to like, all right, pick up, uh, you know, it's what's on the shop today that I can use the in-game currency to level up the rarity of those cards. Right. What am I building out the deck for? You know, okay, what, what can I do right now? What can I, you know, challenge myself to go do and build different decks and do this. And I'm not a card game guy like it's never worked for me right i enjoyed um hearthstone a little bit when it first launched uh i've played you know uh, gwent here and there in the game but this is the first one where i'm like oh, okay and i'm playing i'm like i get this and i'm starting you know like obviously i've learned my deck and now seeing how it plays off each other's and like you know on our subreddit i know right now a lot of people are putting up screenshots of their games and this crazy scores they're getting or people are getting on them have you had a game yet where you got a score that was like i didn't even think this was possible no the reddit's putting up ones that are like 1200 points or whatever and Jeez. stuff like that oh like, i've I'm had just... ones where i have like seventeen thousand. yeah like oh, i'm right. not like, having that it's crazy. just because it's great ongoing effects where it's like double and then the locations like double this and then you use bring in those yeah. things yeah, yeah. and it's just double 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 and it just gets that's wild. so it's so good tim yeah. tim blew roger's mind earlier roger was like oh. you're almost at how many cards tim and tim was like i'm on my way to a thousand yeah the and collection level thing collection yeah, level. Yeah, and yeah. roger was like what the fuck i yeah. thought i had a hundred i thought that was a lot yeah I, well i've been playing for like three months now and like legitimately i've been playing every day like it wasn't until the last did you all your progress carry over yeah oh. everything carried over which is great but uh the the last two weeks because of the studio launch i haven't been playing every day and that's been rough because everyone else has been yeah, yeah but yeah, now yeah. i'm like oh no i'm getting back baby but yeah i'm, I'm at like 750 something nice. collection level right yeah, now. yeah my collection level is 126 right now yeah i and gotta imagine good, reading through the subreddit has got to be how people watch people like me and blessing play overwatch or something where it's like a lot of times I stream of watching people are like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> and just scrolling through our subreddit and seeing like a screenshot of a bunch of cards, I'm like, fucking. Dude, it'll take you two minutes. I'm sorry or congratulations, it. whatever. Like, it'll take you exactly maybe five minutes to like understand every single rule of this game. Not me. It no, is so 10, easy to get into. 12. And it's so fun. It's so satisfying, too. Yeah, I'm really impressed with that of like how great the onboarding is of mm. it looking like utter nonsense. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I totally get what this means. And, like, they do a good job of, again, because the games are so fast, like the three minutes or less, yep. 
and everything is so repetitive and the actions are always the same concepts. It's like you learn them quickly and then it's be about the fun and the strategy and the deck building and all that. But like, Greg, do you, do you see yourself playing this into, let's just even say throughout the rest 2030. of 2030? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, who knows, you know, what will happen or not, but I don't see what would be the turnoff for it. My, my main thing early on was what you had talked about in your review, right? The fact that, okay, cool. Well, you're playing other people, but they're probably bots. Right. And so you're, they're kind of brain dead. You're just winning. And early on, obviously that was my experience too. And then I feel like I crossed a threshold where even if I'm not getting a human every time I'm getting bots that are not taking it easy on me. And I like that. I do like the thing where I'm like, got this on lock and then they play a card that I didn't see coming or they just double up on a whole bunch. I'm like, shit, fuck. I should have done this. I should have done that. And having that loss. And again, it goes so fast, you know, you lose the cubes or your cosmic cubes or whatever and go down maybe a rank or whatever, or wherever it is. But it's still like, that was on me. I was in that. I feel like if I was running into, and I know they're kind of rare, obviously, but if I was running into the, the games uh, that you're talking about of 17,000 or whatever, these kids are getting, you know, all these crazy, maybe it'd be a bit more there, but all the games I've had have been, competitive even mm -hmm. the ones i've lost even the ones that are clearly against other people but no like i, I definitely see myself continue will, I, will it be an everyday thing maybe maybe not you know what i mean i'm sure i'll fall out of it eventually even you know puzzle quest 3 which i adore and still adore and still adore that was an everyday i'm on the battle pass i'm doing the thing i'm anything i can give them to keep the game going i am that tapered off i'll still come back and tinker here and there but i'm not on an everyday this i think again the reason that this would stick around longer is what exactly what we're talking about six turns three minutes it's super short there's always something to do there's something to get i do think you know like their first battle pass for october here is up and it's you know spider-man or well uh, carnage venom themed or whatever right and so like i looked at that really hard and didn't buy it because i was like you know what i'm just not going to use a miles card I is already, it voiced I by woody harrelson no, sadly, yeah, I know. I'm not going to use this Miles card. I'm not going to use a Carnage card. So, like, I, I don't know if there's the value in it for me. But if they were to do a Captain America one, right, if they were going to do an Iron Man one, or it, inevitably, obviously, they will, let alone I don't have a Spider-Man in my deck yet. Yeah. Right? Like, I, so it's like, okay, I know I can unlock him without the Battle Pass eventually and stuff like that. But hey, you don't have a Spider-Man in your deck? Damn. No, I don't know. Oh, that sucks, man. Is he good, though? Because I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. How would you, how would you like invite him? him? Hey, Spider-Man. No, I was going to say, can Spider-Man come out and play? <laughs> well, one thing that I want to say uh, since last week that I've been really impressed with is the they have all the different locations, right, that have the different abilities uh, attached to each one of them. And they cycle in the, like, featured events space. So, like, every week or so, there'll be, like, a different one that pops up more frequently. So I'm sure you guys have noticed that this week, Comertage came up a lot. Comertage. Um, and that, that has the ability to... Um, which one was it? I think that I that, that doubles up your um, on reveal um, effects or something. I think that's right. So yeah. that like fundamentally changes the meta for that week because Everybody everyone's like the they realize, oh, if I just use the white tiger and uh, Odin, like I'm gonna screw everyone's day up, and like everyone starts doing that same pattern. But then people come up with the strategy to uh, fight against that. To fight against that, so they start using it, and it like, creates this cool thing where I enjoy it because. If it was like, oh, man, this meta has changed the game forever, it would be really bad. But because it is just a couple days that that's a featured location, it teaches you different strategies and it makes you use different cards, which I'm like really happy about because I've just settled into using the same cards over and over and over. But now I'm like, oh, I need to figure out this this damn game because these damn tigers are just. Are you juggling your deck ever or often? Uh, yeah, I'm at the point now that I have four different decks okay. for different scenarios where I'm like, 
this is my uh destroy deck this is my on reveal deck this is my more ongoing deck and i'm like this is cool as shit who the hell am i a true deck boy i'm a deck boy baby what are you right now in terms of your rank not not your collection level but your rank so the rank thing uh restarts for every season okay um and currently i'm 31 Okay. I love how y'all just talking shop right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 21 right now. 21 right now. Yeah, I wish, you know, one of the things I was talking to you about, right, is I wish I could break down cards. I wish what do you what do you got there? I just won. Oh, oh nice. let's go. Easy. Easy peasy. I wish I could break down cards, you know what I mean? Or, or retire them. The fact that I, you know, I, I was very early, I think on the actual show, I bought the Captain America 299 booster where I was like, Yeah, I want cap right away. I love cap. Swipe the card. And then, you know, swipe the card. And then I got the Chris uh, Samney uh cap. And so I'm using that as the variant, right? And that's the one I've been pouring everything into but then i have now three other captain americas so when i'm getting when i hate looking down at my collection and it's like you have three cards you could upgrade and they're all three of the captain america that i don't want to upgrade because of course the chris samney uh, card also uses the same upgrade tokens like i wish i could just break them down or tell them to turn off notifications or whatever yeah but what is legendary if you did keep upgrading those other cards it helps with your collection level and oh i know that's the most important thing is the collection but but this card right here is the card i wanted to look the best oh i feel so now it has the shiny logo does it go higher does it go higher than shiny yeah yeah Damn. yeah it goes up look they put this cool Real filter hard. on it too so it looks like it's like captain america world war ii footage that's cool it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Cool. have you have you gotten into the duffy of deck creation like either of you or is that a thing that you're spending time with i i i've done it for uh when it, the challenges is what have i where it's like oh win a card with whoever in your deck do this with whatever in your deck uh and then the more we've talked about it the more i've seen what tim's talking about of like oh convertage is the thing people are making on reveal decks like you should go do and it's like for me right now, that was a bridge too far because, again, like what I need with it for that is, hey, I have an afternoon where I'm just screwing around in his in so far with it. What it's been, it has been oh, cool. Like, you know, Ben's playing with something and I'm paying attention to him watching, but I'm going to go do something here. Or, you know, uh, Jen and I are about to watch a movie, but she's getting ready or we're just doing the thing where we veg out on the floor for 10 minutes before we move on to the next thing. I'm going to do that. And when I'm there, I want to play. I don't want to go build the deck and really focus on it. Now, when I get new cards and I look at them and I'm understanding it, I'm like, okay, this is a cool card and I want to use this. So I'll cycle one or two out, but I'm still mainly using one deck. I do have two other ones built, but they're just for challenge, specific challenge things. Yeah. You know what I have? No, besides a game award, life insurance. I want to make sure that if anything happens to me, my family's taken care of, and you should do the same. And since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now is the time to buy. I didn't get my first life insurance policy until Ben was born, but it feels great knowing that no matter what, Jen and him are going to be okay. No matter what. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. They're not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. And your personal info is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dûm, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Hosted by friend of the show, Felicia Day, and several special guests, they provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including... 
the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you don't want to miss. Watch the Rings of Power on Prime video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. What a great time. Can I complain about something real quick? Complain away, Andy. The Overwatch Battle Pass. Yeah? Complain about the Overwatch 2 Battle Pass. I, I was so excited to play one of my favorite games and level up a Battle Pass mm -hmm. because I love leveling Battle Passes for games I don't necessarily even love, like Fortnite. I mean, no, that's a lie. I like Fortnite. I love Valorant. Valorant is a pain in the ass, but I will play it to level up the Battle Pass. I thought I was going to love this Overwatch Battle Pass, and I don't. No. And I think a lot of it has to do with the things that you're unlocking. I don't care about voice lines. I don't care about Whose line is it anyway? I, Especially for lines of characters you don't use. Exactly. But another thing that I really, really kind of assumed, and I shouldn't have assumed this because it just doesn't work that way, but one reason why I love the Valorant Battle Pass is there are two different types of, of currencies. One of them is Radiantite, which is what you use to just buy everything. And the other one is, no, no, no. You have like your normal money, then you have Radiantite. And the Radiantite is used to, um, let's say you buy a gun skin. That gun will be at level one when you buy it. And it's cool and it's dope as hell. But maybe you want the blue version of it or the pink version or the green version or and the handle's purple or whatever the fuck. You have to use Radiantite as a different sort of currency to customize those weapons so that's like an extra level of leveling up and progression that i really really enjoyed and there's nothing to really do for that in overwatch like there's you're getting these skins and a lot of times people aren't happy about it because it's like i have to pay this amount to get this skin when it seems like a lot of people want the loot boxes back to be honest with you it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of honestly odd. that's kind of where i'm at where i'm like man i am not thrilled with the current progression system in overwatch 2 and i was actually having this thought uh, this last week of like i think i might finally be be at the point where i'm willing to say that overwatch 2 is disappointing just based wow. on just based on the launch right like i think the overall game especially it just being more of the original overwatch you know it's a fun game to play and it's still that same game that i fell in love with but in terms of what the last like well, i mean when did it launch like weeks ago at this point the last three weeks or so of launch I would describe as maybe dreadful, just in terms of like, of course, getting DDoSed and people not being able to get in the game, that's not entirely their fault. But, you know, that combined with the uh, uh, cell phone situation, combined with like me just not liking the battle pass, combined with the new content being cool, but not enough to like excite me necessarily. Like I'm not, I, I, the week before we launched the studio, you know, all, during downtime, I'll be playing Overwatch at my desk. And I found myself just enjoying playing the arcade modes that were just 1v1 or free-for-all modes. And playing that, I was like, this is, this is the same Overwatch that I've been playing. Like, there's not, like, there's new bells and whistles in terms of, like, stuff that they're doing to spruce up the visuals and, you know, like, new unlockables and, like, a couple new characters and all that stuff. But I don't know if it's enough for me to go, yeah, Overwatch 2 was the one. Like, I think I'm, I've, I've finally crossed the point where I'm like, ah. I think Overwatch 2 might have disappointed me. Well, even though I hate the Battle Pass, like, I'm still doing everything in my power to not put it in my top 10 because <laughs> like, like it's 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 a it's a sequel and it's very much the same game like it's went from 6v6 to 5v5 it got better in that way gameplay got better in that way 
Um, I think the game is still like a perfect multiplayer game. I don't want to put it in my top 10 because I wouldn't put NBA 2K whatever or Madden 2000. Like, I wouldn't do that, right? Um, but bless you might be in the minority because the past couple of days I've been looking at this. Uh, I've been tracking the numbers on Twitch. And for a while, I was worried about Overwatch's reception, right? Like, I, I want the game to succeed. I want people to love it in the way that, that Valorant has kind of taken over. And by this point, we're only a couple of weeks out, but I would have assumed that Overwatch would have died out significantly on Twitch. And right now, it's the... Um, I believe it's the third most... It's the first most played thing on Twitch right now. And second being just chatting, which is like... Mm. Everybody just chats yeah. or whatever. But there are 390,000 people watching Overwatch 2 right now. And I think it needed this free-to-play thing to happen. It's having the Fall Guys effect right now. Where Fall Guys went free-to-play and suddenly gigantic resurgence. Suddenly everybody's talking about Fall, Fall Guys again. And everybody who didn't want to buy it beforehand can now play it. And I think that that has helped out the game immensely. And I hope they're taking all these criticisms to heart because I... I want this battle pass to be good. I want to pay money to unlock shit that I care about. It's just, I, it kind of took me a while to realize I don't care about voice lines or doing a little spray on the wall that says like, haha or GG. Like, I just don't care about that <laughs> shit. I, I care about cosmetics a lot. And I love when I'm in Valorant and I bought, bought that cool gun and now I can make this gun a different color by using like a different type of currency. I wish that they... One clean sweep, clean, clean sweep. Clean sweep from Greg. My, in a perfect world, all of the different skins that you have... Just give me a color change on the weapon. So if you're Roadhog and you have your little shotgun and your hook, but let me change the color swap on the hook to a different thing using a certain type of currency. Like, I would just do anything to be able to have a bit more customization there. Um, otherwise, I think I, I still think it's, like, a perfect game. <laughs> I, I think it, it just depends on, like, the criteria we're talking about. Because for Overwatch 2, right, like, you, you mentioned Fall Guys going free-to-play, and you mentioned the boost that... Overwatch 2 has given Overwatch just in terms of, you know, player base and all that stuff. I think that could have probably been an update and it would have had the, the same effect just in terms of, you know, Fall Guys went free to play. They didn't call it Fall Guys 2. You know, Knockout City went free to play. They didn't call it uh, Knockout City 2. You know, like... It's the Activision effect. It's what happened with Destiny. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I think the same thing happened with Destiny. Like, why they have to put a 2 on it? They could have just been a living service, but they had to call it 2 probably because of financials and quarterly fucking results and all that shit. I think it's just, oh, in my opinion, they had to make it number two, not only because of all of that stuff that we already mentioned, but I don't think you can keep calling it part one and change it from 6v6 to 5v5. I think that's too drastic of a change to just like, Hey, we're updating the game. By the way, it's no longer 6v6. It's 5v5 Yo, we changed now. the very DNA of it. And exactly yeah, well, what, the well what the fuck? What happened? How is it? How are you going for? Well, it's part two now, so sorry. Well, you can't play part one anymore, by the way. But, like, <laughs> I think that's too drastic of a, of a change. I think if they just added more maps and shit, then fine. They shouldn't call it part two. But I think having a change like that is, like, significant enough to kind of change the DNA of it. Um, yeah. I guess I just need... I. In the opposite way, I feel like you need a bit more DNA change to even ju justify that to you. Because I'm there with the five, the 66 to 5v5, I think, is a big change. That and then also, again, the visual updates, turning maps from day to night and from, you know, night to day. Like, they touched pretty much every portion of that game to some extent. 
but I don't know if it was enough for me as somebody to, who, you know, got into Overwatch in 2016. Now it's 2022. I want to be excited for Overwatch again to go, all right, like, I'm going to spend all my time playing Overwatch. Like, I even hit, hit up my friends that, you know, are Overwatch people as well, right? People who I would who I would have played with in 2016 or people who I, I uh, generally generally play uh, multiplayer games with today. Damn, I didn't see and my... I, don't, I didn't... Must not, my phone number must have been off. I check, or, check your uh, Slack DMs, Slack DMs. Oh, shit, my bad. It might have been on night mode. You might mm, have got the, gotcha, the yeah. notification. But, like, even then, it's like, all right, yeah, let's play. Let's link up. Let's play Overwatch. Oh, man, you know, I'm tired tonight. We'll play tomorrow. We'll play tomorrow. Oh, man, I don't know if this is going to be, be the night we play. And there's just that dissipation of excitement that we had that, like, we see that, oh, okay, it's more Overwatch, and we're just like, all right, cool. Like, even if, I think, even if the, the single-player mode came out alongside the all, all these Overwatch 2 updates, maybe that would have taking a bigger step for me and I'm sure like other people to go, all right, this is the thing. This is now all the conversation is going to be around Overwatch. I guess for me, I just feel like not enough has changed. Like even, even it being signified by the, the PS4 version of Overwatch 1, just updating and putting a 2 next to it, right? And it being the exact same game to the point where it's the same trophy list. Like I have the physical version, like the disc being in the icon next to Overwatch 2. I'm like, oh, okay. So this really is just new just thumbnails, new game. <laughs> well, on PS4, it's not a new, new thumbnail. Is the thing on PS5, it is. On PS5, it is. But I think in the PS4 architecture, I don't think you can change the thumbnail. Console gaming, dude. Yeah, it's, it's all. Gonna, I was confused for a while. I was like, is this Overwatch One? No, it's Overwatch Two. So I, I want to take this Overwatch conversation and kind of segue it into the topic of the show, which is Bless and I were on Games Daily this morning, uh, talking about Bayonetta 3's reviews embargo being up, and last uh, week over the last week there was Call of Duty, there was Gotham Knights, so like a lot of the big triple a games are starting to come out some of them more on the disappointing side and some of them like uh sparks of hope and bayonetta on the more positive this is kind of what we were hoping for side of things um looking at the rest of the year with overwatch kind of seemingly somewhere in, in between on that stuff are there games that you guys are like i don't think we're paying enough attention to this like looking at the pretty much we just have two months left right like it's the end of october outrageous. here mm. outrageous so it's like we got Outrageous. A ton of releases. I want to speak fast? to somebody's manager about that. <laughs> we have our Everse. Uh, we do. Soon. Apparently, we do. Our Everse, uh, October 28th. Is what I saw saying. Rain Arvaez talk about that. He was like, this game is awful. Yeah. I, <laughs> God. I, I, is it really coming out this week? I just don't believe it. But. It Maybe. says it right there, the 28th. It does. It does. Uh, yeah, we're getting the DLC for, for Village, and that uh, kind of ends out this month because we have uh, the Call of Duty thing. Andy, are you excited for Modern Warfare's campaign, even though the reviews? 100%. Yeah. I want to play the I want to play the campaign, it, um, mostly because I've just seen a lot of my friends who have played it, and everybody's got different tastes, and I know IGN was getting flamed for it for stupid-ass reasons. Um, different people review games. It's okay for different people to feel different ways. Um I want to play through it only because I know it's not the longest game. You can beat it in like eight to nine hours. But I also just booted up the first level on it. And it's like, this game looks expensive. Like, <laughs> holy shit, this isn't even a cutscene. And I'm walking through this desert and the visuals are just ridiculous looking. Um, I know it's going to be big budget f fucking war explosions all over the place. Um and that's mainly why I why I would play Call of Duty game for the the Hollywood blockbuster nature of it. That's why I love the 2019 version. I'm gonna play this one definitely, probably probably when I'm I'm done with God of War, whenever that is. But I know it's super short, and that's one reason why I want to check it out. Yeah, for sure. 
Greg, this one's going to do anything for you? No, remember, I've, I've infamously now sworn off of Call of Duty uh, campaigns. Oh, I did. Uh, every year, I feel like we come up on it, and every year, I'm like, this is going to be the one. I'm, this one looks cool. It looks like an action movie. I don't even like action movies that much, right? So it's like I start these things up and get bored and stop pretty early. So like this is the one where I was like, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. It might because la- no, I guess two, last year's either. That, so, maybe. It's, so it's the me with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And it's like nothing against them. Like, I know they're really quality. I know everybody works really hard on them. It's just that it has even what even Modern Warfare. Uh, yeah, Modern Warfare 2, right? Or whatever. The one with the nuclear bomb from forever ago. Not new Modern Warfare 2. Old Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4. I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to... I remember being at IGN when that was a big deal. And I remember playing through, struggling all the way through and being like, that was cool, I guess. But like, I don't, I'm not in love with this. And so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. So then moving on to that, like it's the end of October. We got November. We got the kind of main stage that so we know Pokemon's coming. Andy, are you excited? You say that, but like, I forgot. I've been so hung up on Ragnarok. I've been so hung up on Callisto. I've been so in Marvel. Don't forget Midnight Suns is coming in December it as is. well. That Who knows what that's going to be good. But I love card games now from Marvel. Uh, but then it was somebody mentioned Pokemon. I was like, fucking right. I forgot that. I was excited for that Scarlet. I want to see this. I'm excited. You excited for Scarlet? Yeah. Uh, but for you. that's not a normal thing for you, right? Is it? No, that's why I'm excited for it. <laughs> what, is, what makes you excited for yeah, Scarlet? Yeah. The open world I, stuff. Like, I think you remember the Pokemon I, fans here are like, yeah. Yeah, but it's like the idea that, like, I didn't, you know, with Arceus, remember I had a uh, little Benny going on, and so when I finally got started up Arceus, like, the next week they announced they're doing this, and I was like, oh, they're doing the open world Pokemon thing that everybody loves right now in Arceus, but they're doing it in a modern time. I'm way more into that than I am playing ancient Pokemon. So the idea of jumping into this and running around doing that sounds interesting and fun to me. You know, and, the, Pokemon. and the things that like Tim and I kind of talked about when we talked about Arceus uh, way back when, right, is we miss uh, we, we like the open world stuff, but we miss the structure of going to gyms and stuff like that. And this seems kind of like the answer to that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking stoked for Pokemon. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like my life stops and it's all I play and yada, yada, yada. But I definitely think I'm going to be chipping away out here and there and running around doing it. Yeah, looking at November's releases, it seems like it's really heavy on like switch ports of things. We're getting like It Takes Two, we're getting Sifu, uh, 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 pretty much every Resident Evil known to man. Remember seeing Sifu in the Nintendo Direct? And you said, What have they done to my boy? <laughs> what did they do to that game? <laughs> it looks so terrible in that Direct. Uh, but then we also have Sonic Frontiers, bless, <laughs> yeah, coming out no- November 8th. So that's coming real soon. Um, I'm still hopeful. We'll, we'll see. But I, I don't think that that I, – I highly doubt that game is going to end up being anything different than what everyone expects it to be. And I think yeah. that everyone expects it to be something different to themselves. <laughs> but, like, it is just going to be that thing. I don't think it's going to wow no. many people. And it's I don't not going to stop the world. And it's one that I even at, uh, at uh, release, right? Like, I would I love think- it if it didn't, like, Biden had to fucking have a state of the union. Give a state of the My fellow Americans. <laughs> Was that your Obama? <laughs> it did sound like it was Obama. Uh, He's got one president voice. He's got one president voice. All I can do. Malarkey. Yeah, like You're I, all playing Sonic. I think me and Tim will, the me and Tim's of the world will probably talk about it for one or two podcasts, and then we'll move on for our lives, right? Whether it's bad, fine, or like, oh, man, this is pretty good. This is the best Sonic game since Generations, which, you know, if it is, it is. If it's not, whatever. Yeah, it's like, uh, but at this point, bless, mm-hmm. it has to be, right? Besides, like, if we're not counting the 2D ones, like, if it's just... Yeah, we're just talking like Sonic? the core 3D Sonic. Like, it has to be best we're ta- since generation. We're, we're talking about Sonic, what, uh, Lost World, Sonic Boom, and Sonic Forces. Forces, yeah. I think it could be bad as Forces. <laughs> oh, I, I hope not. I really I hope, hope not. not. I, but I, here's the thing, and this is to speak to our curse as Sonic fans. I played through all of Forces. 
I, I, I did I, too. I started playing Forces and I was like, this is a bad video game. And I finished it. Like, James Burke Platinum Sonic Forces. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a fact. <laughs> like, that, that's just the, the, the cursed human beings that we are. And so even if Sonic Forces is that low, which if I was to give Sonic Forces a score, right, I'd say uh, it's a six out of 10 on a See, 10. See, Sonic Forces scale. to me is a four. Like, that is what a four out of 10 video game looks like. I thought it was better than a four. I thought it was like fine, <laughs> like bad to fine, like the, the bad to fine range, right? Of like, no, I, this is finishable. <laughs> like I can finish this and like have that bad aftertaste in my mouth. Like, oh, I can't believe I just played that, but I did, I did, you know? Uh, I, I, but I did. <laughs> I did. Sonic Frontiers, I think at worst, let me not test this. I'll test it. At worst is that. At best, oh man, it's as good as Generations. It's a strong eight out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm with we'll you see. on that. Well, we will see. We can will I see. can I throw one that I don't think is on uh, any of our radars? But I saw a trailer for weeks ago, and I've added it to Blessing Super Fun Game release calendar that you can check out on Twitter.com/slash/blessingjr. Everybody, listen up. Uh, it's a game called The Entropy Center, which I found. Uh, I found. I saw PlayStation. I tweet put about, this on the map. <laughs> I founded this developer. Uh, PlayStation tweeted about this game weeks ago, and I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh shit. I don't know if it's possible for us to watch it with sound. Maybe not. Um, but if I read through the, the uh, description on their Steam page, right? The Entropy Center is a mind-bending puzzle adventure where you reverse objects through time to overcome seemingly impossible obstacles what and conundrums. Oh, there's the sound. Uh, manipulate time to your will and solve ingeniously challenging puzzle rooms, each one taking you closer to the heart of a colossal space station in the orbit of the Earth. I mean... Wait, but Perfect. What? And this is <laughs> it's like, hey, motherfuckers, it's a different portal gimmick. Yeah. Have fun. It's portal, but if it had like the high on life talking guns, and if it took place on like the prey spaceship, I guess. And I'm all about this. Yeah, this is cool. It's my kind of puzzle game, but also I just think generally it looks really cool and might appeal to more people. And that's yeah. coming out uh, November third. Little holidays puzzle poppy. Yeah, really neat. That looks really cool. I mean, that's got a great art style, and I I I feel like the I wonder how long that gimmick before it gets annoying, like the character talking to you. Mm. How long will that last before you're like, all right, enough. Halfway through high on life is the answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but if it's written well, I feel like it could be a new Gladys uh, situation where or or bear like the narrator in a what was that fucking the, the gun turns evil uh, the mutant game of, of the little monster little oh, rat bio mutant bio mutant yeah. God. <laughs> Dumb narrator just talking about everything. Shut up, dude. Made up language that they made for that game. So there is a big problem, and that is that Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming to PC on November 18th, and they need to stop putting this game out because I want to keep playing it. I just want to play it again. And I'm like, well, now I get to play it in Super Ultra Wide. You get the platinum? Again, yeah, why not? I mean, you already got the platinum for Miles Morales? He doesn't hate it like you do. How? Yeah, you hate it. I'm so close to getting that platinum. You fucking hate that game. Do we think that's going to be a big old kind of dud the way Uncharted just kind of popped up? And I saw tweets coming out that like more buzz about this. nobody's been talking about. Yeah, we no- did that in Games Daily. And yeah. how Unre- the Uncharted collection was recently here. Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4 like underperformed. But it's yeah, there was no fanfare. They came out at a rough time. They're also older, like old games. You know what I mean? Old I game's old. Old game is old. Whereas I think Spider-Man Spider-Man, right? Like, it is, but I, I would be interested. I, I feel like it. this has the same marketing problem we were talking about on Games Daily where uh, we just knew this was coming for so long that I feel like a lot of Some people, people think it might be out already. Exactly. So I feel like <laughs> But that, I think that by then the, they're going to ramp up for that. I think for, Hopefully. I mean, we're so close that like – I. I just don't think there's going to be like a PlayStation moment for them to be able to drum up the excitement and like point to this in a way that 
I yields. hear you, but I think it's also that PC games work a bit different. Like if they, you know, get placement on the Steam store. They work smoother, right? better frame rate. And stuff. It, of course. Uh, yeah. But it's the idea of, like, that audience is going to be dialed in, that they've heard so much great stuff about Miles Morales, and you get close and you run yeah. ad, banner ads on Steam, you run banner ads on IGN. You, people will know what's happening in a way I don't think we understood the Uncharted collection was really happening. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's exciting, too. I mean, with Spider-Man being released on pc this year too there is that kind of like, like cool they played the first one so now or i guess it was uh, late last year that uh that it came out so it's like at least they're familiar with uncharted one through three isn't even on pc so it's like people might be trepidatious about jumping into four um what else is there here harvestella harvestella the fun, fun looking uh farming game out of like rpg farming rpg, the farming RPG. It Farm was PG. one of the ones that i think this might have been in the nintendo uh farming direct uh, that was your infamous quote of uh, Square just be making games. Yeah, Square just be making games, yep. right? Where like this is another one of those um, uh, again a farming RPG that I honestly out of all the ones that have been announced, this might be one that I I boot up at least <laughs> <laughs> at least one or two times to well, to check out. I think it's I think it's interesting. It's going to bring in the audience that has maybe been you know burnt out on the uh, fucking what's the other two D farming game? No, the Farm Stardew. Stardew. Harvest Moon. Like, essentially, it's like a 3D Stardew in a way, where yeah. in Stardew, you monsters. go fight shit inside little caverns, and you get whatever items you need to bring back to go plant stuff, and I think this could be a really interesting melding. Um, don't be surprised if that ends up selling yeah. quite a yeah. everybody. And Game honestly, the, the year? thing, because I'm, I'm not usually a life sim or farming game person, the thing that does bring me into this one a little bit more is just the fact that there's combat, and it seems like there are more GRPG mechanics and story stuff in there that'll interest somebody like me who you know i booted up disney dreamlight valley and i was like what am i doing i'm not playing this like it, it seems like a cool game but i'm I, this isn't just my this is my kind of thing yeah there's, there's a god spirit summon that's like where are the turnips yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> coming out of the sky it's like a lion and shit but this one seems like it has a few more trappings that might appeal to somebody like me um, I want to talk about a, a just really quickly a demo that I played that we didn't get to mention a whole lot because this was during Steam Next Fest. Mm. Gunbrella. How was it? We saw that trailer for Gunbrella. We're like, wow, what a genius concept. Gunbrella has got to be one of the best feeling 2D games I've played in a you long time. You worried me there. The way you set this yeah, up, I thought I was like, yeah, yeah, this shit We, saw, we thought it was great, and we were wrong. I'm totally off topic here because this doesn't come out until 2023, but I think they extended the demo time. I think Devolver was like, hey, go, go play it for longer. We're not cutting it off here for Steam Next Fest. Um, it feels so perfect to play. Huh. Um, just, the, just the movement of it all, you are able to jump and then immediately sear yourself and then your sh your umbrella is also the shield as you're shooting people or trying to deflect bullets or whatever. It It's one of those games that, like, you didn't understand how good it was going to feel until you actually play it. And it all just kind of makes perfect sense. Uh, it I am so excited to play the full—I was very sad. For some reason, when the demo ended, I thought that I had had the full code for some reason, as if we had early codes. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like, I'm genuinely bummed out that this demo is over. I, saw, um, I, I started playing it during, uh, wait, was it was this Steam Next Day we get codes? I forget which. Well, it, it was the same thing. So I oh, thought okay. that we had, like, exclusive, like, preview codes over, but it was also, like, a Steam Next Fest sort of deal. And I played this on my Steam Deck late at night, and it was like, this is the perfect yeah. thing for this device and right I did here. The, I did the same thing where I started on my Steam Deck, and very quickly I was like, I'm going to wait to play the full thing. Because I yeah, can tell you know that you're this, gonna like it. this is something, yeah, that I'm like, I know I'm going to like this. I'm just going to wait and just fully indulge in it when it actually comes out. 
it works as perfect as you'd want it to. I'm like stoked for Tim to check it out. Yeah, that's that looks yeah so rad. You're saying it feels right. It's like okay, that's all I needed to hear. Uh, moving into December. So November, it's like, all right, cool. Not too many well, crazy there's, things. Unless... There's a couple more I want to throw out there Go for, for uh, November. Yeah, you, you skipped over Dark Pictures Anthology. Jerk. I did. Yeah. I did. Dark Pictures Anthology, The Devil in Me, which I'm very excited for. I'm sure Greg's very excited for. I'm always in. What's Young the curator go got for me this time? Oh what do you got? I can't wait for that, that weird... Like Norwegian heavy metal song to play, oh, yeah. and then they go, the, the crows going like, "Yeah, we're doing it!" <laughs> Dark Pictures, baby. Dark Pictures anthology is. I don't know if you've ever tried Dark Pictures, Tim. Yeah. but it seems like something that might be Tim's jam. I mean, that's the you thing. Uh, yeah, I, we need to. Do, it's so hard. I've tried. We've started every single one, and yeah. it's just like you know, it's super fun for the first night, and then I'm like, "Do you want to keep going?" And she's like, eh, "Let's do something else." And it's like, ah, keep that energy going is just hard. Yeah, I'm trying to find the description for this one because, like, the pitch for this one is basically that it's Ghost Simulator. <laughs> oh yeah, I was also, also going to bring up Ghost Simulator. But the pitch for this one, uh, Devil and Me, is that it's basically Saw. Right. Uh, you love Saw, Tim. It's a series of standalone branching adventures that's more about dark pictures. A group of documentary filmmakers receive here we go. A group of documentary filmmakers receive a mysterious call inviting them to a modern day replica of serial killer H. H. Holmes murder castle. It's an opportunity that's too good Hunter to pass Hurst. up. Uh, and, and could time to play the game. <laughs> Walk to my castle. That agrees, somebody. <laughs> uh, and could just be the thing they're looking for to win some much-needed public interest. The hotel is the perfect set for their new episode, but things aren't quite as they seem. The crew discover they're being watched and even manipulated, and suddenly mm-hmm. there's much more at stake than just their ratings. Uh, nothing is as it seems here, and the amenities are to die for. And this is like a new bullet point. Explore the murder hotel is essentially the thing. And then your death is his design. Escape the torturous creations of an evil monster who is hell-bent on becoming America's deadliest serial killer and survive elaborate killing rooms where your own death is by the killer's design. I fucking, I'm all the way in. Remember when <laughs> Janet made up that like the characters from the other episodes were all going to come together into this one? She got me so excited because I, I was know. like, I don't know where you heard this, but if that's that's true, that's crazy. Blessing out of you, Junior. It was some crazy. Fever dream. You're a video game content creator all oh, your God, life. Oh, <laughs> it's like a blessing so stoked that Saw has like chosen him. <laughs> Jigsaw. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. No, yeah, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Jigsaw, you know, like, I, don't, I don't think you understand. <laughs> this is the bad thing. <laughs> the stakes are high here. You could die. <laughs> um, they am, call me Puzzle Pop. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I want to call out, uh, I want to call out Warzone 2.0. Ah. I like, you have no idea the amount of tough times that Warzone 1 got me through. Yeah. Like, that was start of the pandemic. That was finding the squad. Chris you Anka. couldn't get the fuck out of your house. You were stuck in there, and we escaped to Verdansk. And it was, like, some of my favorite memories up there with, like, playing 2K with my homies back in the day online. Warzone 2.0, I am so stoked for um for just being sort of this fresh start with a brand new map that's going to have a lot of familiar pois um and point of interest everybody points of interest yeah it's a little game dev term i didn't you know i was game development for three years um you made the sleigh in dc universe online i did it's gonna be coming up in december it'll be sure it'll be back um i'm just stoked to get back in it and just kind of like feel like there's a new kind of place to get back to because once Verdansk was taken away and I I think the game just went through some issues trying to do what Apex does really successfully introduce new maps not everybody loves new maps in Apex granted but I feel like they more than anybody 
introduces new content and not everybody fucking hates it. And when Warzone introduced that more, um, I think them just melding with Black Ops and doing like this 1970s, 80s style tropical island, people were like, this sucks, dude. We don't want to use these old weapons. Like, why uh, give us our shit back, you know? Um, I'm stoked to just sort of start fresh here and uh, level up whatever that battle pass is going to be. I'm very, very excited for Warzone 2.0 and to get back into the whatever they're calling this island with uh, with the Jabroni boys. Can I can I throw in another one? Uh, this is one that actually doesn't have a release date, and that's the thing that bothers me about it. Uh, it's a game called Little Devil Inside. Mm. And about a year We've ago... been hearing about this thing for too long. It was, it was about a year ago where uh, Greg was on uh, paternity leave, and me and Janet did a whole PSLV predicting a uh, PlayStation State of Play, uh, to which I was like, hey, man. like I, <laughs> I didn't say it like that to Janet, but I was like, hey, like, hey, little, man. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, hey, little, man. Devil, like, little Devil Inside. <laughs> it's been a while since we heard about Little Devil Inside. I wouldn't be surprised if little, little Devil Inside headlined the State of Play, and then it did with a 2023 window i believe barry if you're able to scroll to the end of this i think they said 2023 if i remember correctly um dude that was a year ago what the we're fuck? almost toward the that was yeah october 2022 yeah so we're a couple months away from the end of 2022 where the fuck is little devil inside it ain't happening not this year yeah, you, nah. i mean honestly here's my, right. my my thought is they showed this off not that necessarily we're the only ones that weren't super happy with it i'm sure a lot of people were stoked with what they saw but this was a very disappointing presentation for me. I was like, I mm-hmm. I was so excited about this game. Every direct, I was like, where's Little Devil Inside? Little Devil Inside. We finally said, I was like, this doesn't look good. Mm. And I think that that may have been the feedback from a lot of different people. And I think they are maybe rethinking a lot of parts of this game, whether they're retooling, you know, design uh, stuff or whatever. I, I just don't know what it is they need to fix, but... Whatever we saw, just like, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah, it was a really bad showing. That I, I think that the game is probably pretty solid, and I think that it'll, it's there. It's just the way that they showed that state of play was like, y'all focused on the most boring mechanics that this game has to offer of anything we've seen yet. Yeah. And it felt like we saw that stuff, that world map thing for like, it felt like 10 minutes of, of just going through yeah. this like really slow, prodding thing. So. I also really hated, and I called that out back then, that this super cartoony-looking dude was just straight up mo-capped like that 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 doesn't look like a hand animated thing where like whenever you watch a pixar movie they they're everything's hand animated that's why everything's like super exaggerated and shit but there's a shot of like this dude running and it just looks like a person in a mo-cap suit sprinting and it's just it felt yeah like uh, i think in that shot where he's running right there it just kind of there's a visual dissonance there of Here's a really cartoony, funny-looking dude with clearly, like, a human mo-capping this. This doesn't look like a a hand-animated cartoon running, you know? Um, And that just kind of threw me off as well. That's a small little tidbit, but what are you going to do, Greg, you know? I It's one of those things that you talk about Little Devil Inside happening during fraternity leave. And it's so crazy that because I missed that one thing, like, I have had no idea what this game looks like. And I've never made this. And I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I would not have predicted that. <laughs> I wouldn't have looked at that at all. <laughs> uh, so uh, is it, that's November then, right? That's November. Cool. So Warzone 2, is that November as well? It is. Yeah, we, have, yes. we haven't done December. We saved December for you, like a big old there's piece all, of cake. There's also a little to the left, but I feel like that's a... Oh wait, that is that's the one with the little puzzles we like yeah. from SGF. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's I like cool. that one. I'm sorry, I'll shut the fuck up. That's a great game. I like it's like two weeks from now. 
Shit, really? Yeah, November 8th. Damn, let's go. So December is popping off with the, the big AAA releases, it seems. So like, just going through the, the names of it, we can double back later. Marvel's Midnight Suns, Need for Speed Unbound, uh, Callisto Protocol. There's Choo Choo Charles. Want to give a shout out to that? The, the triplest of triple A's. Uh, Choo Choo Charles is... Is that the horror pumps yeah. the tank engine thing? Choo Choo ah. Charles is one of Snow White Mike's friends. <laughs> That's a great call. Yeah. But it, I don't I know, met him. I don't know if you've seen this, Greg, but it is a yeah, it's a it's survival a horror, horror one, right? Yeah. yeah, where the train's off the track. Scary looking monster train that's chasing you through the forest. It looks pretty sick, actually. Love that. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Super stoked. And then High on Life. Um, Hell yeah. Being the the biggest ones. Do you have anything on your list, Bless, that I didn't name there? No, that covers it. That covers it. Where do we want to start? Like, what's the Callisto? What do you have to say, Greg? I can't wait. You kidding me? Like, you know, it's. The more you see of that game, which isn't obviously in depth, but I know previews have posted since we ever talked about it last time, and you see trailers and you do stuff, it's like I look at them, it's like, yeah, modern Dead Space, let's go, cut their limbs off, all right, cool, let's go, you know, what I mean, let's go, we're on a prison, Josh Mel's in it, oh man, he looks good, yeah, uh, uh, Karen from the Boys is in it, like let's uh, let's go, you know what I mean, like this just looks, this looks fucking like a modern Dead Space. Hey, this looks like a 2022 Dead Space, which I know we're getting a 2023 Dead Space. But as somebody who's already played that and done the preview for it, like this looks like the modern version of it, not a remake of an old game. This is let's go from the ground up. You know what I mean? Let's see what they have up their sleeves. The people who worked on Dead Space 1 and 2, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of the minds behind it. What does that look like in a modern horror? What does that look like with none of the lore on top of you? Um, you know, you, you watch it. The, obviously, there's more melee and stuff in it, but it is uh, the same thing of shooting off limbs and going off your creatures and getting scares. And yeah, I can't wait. I, you know how much I love uh, Dead Space and horror games in general, let alone a triple A horror game. Like this one just looks fucking rad and I can't wait. I think visually also it looks... Even though it's not, it looks like a game that's only PS5, yeah. Series X, PC. Like it looks like a exclusive to the next generation, and it's coming out on PS4 and and you know Xbox One and stuff, which is very surprising because I'm excited to see for the bad reasons what they do to make it run on those old systems. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think uh, whenever they show Josh Duhamel's face. That shit just doesn't look like a current-gen thing. That looks like, hey, this is a PS5 thing only, you know? Yeah, there's definitely a quality to it. I am so excited for it because, like, there's so many good signs for this. Like, this could be something, like, really special. And I don't think that even if it's at its best of what it's capable of being, I don't know that it has that game of the year quality to it, right? I'm not expecting that. Yeah, 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 but I do think that it could squeeze in and, you know... I don't think the Game Awards, it'll qualify for the timing. No, no, no. Ballots will have to be in before. Yeah, but it's like, even let's pretend that it did. It's like, I can see it potentially hitting some of the, like, the different genres that they break down, whether it's action, 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 adventure, adventure, or whatever it is. Um, And that's cool. It's cool that, like, kind of slipping at the end of the year, there's a potential for a game, a horror game, to to be that level, hopefully. For me, it's it's the last game of the year that I think will probably could possibly touch kind of funny's top 10 of the year when we do it in January 2023. That's probably a, a good way to put what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. yeah. Like it has that it seems like it has that kind of quality to it. And it's like a game that I think all of us to some extent are looking forward to. Even Andy who you don't do horror games, like I think you're probably going to do Callisto Protocol, right? I, I have to for charity cuz I'm such a great selfless person. Damn. I don't know if this you're single too. You get paid here. <laughs> well, you're no, talking, no, you're no. single too. I, I did. I, j- I did a charity stream, and then I was like, if we hit this goal, I'll play either Callisto or Dead Space. You all have to choose, and they chose Callisto because it came out this year. Um, but that's just you know, 
just such a selfless heart and so Damn. giving yeah. your girlfriend caring, must really like that loving actually i'm single Greg. single wow yeah. wow that, we, that's wow, crazy at andy cortez on twitter <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean did you see that um i got to do like a voice acting thing for some of rooster teeth's project and i they asked me where do you want us to shout you out at and uh, I asked uh, them to shout out bonermonger.com. I did see that. I did see someone on the subreddit put out that Gus had to call you so, Andy from bonermonger.com. <laughs> so I had Gus Rolli be like, and we have uh, Al Jarag voiced by Andy Cortez from bonermonger.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get it? Did I, I, I re-upped that, right? I'm a little shithead. Yeah. I love it. Bonermonger? Yeah. So, but real quick, just to close out Dead Space, yeah. you're talking about not being a game of the year contender and stuff like that, right? And that's not something I want from it, I don't think. I don't need from it. I just yeah. want a really great horror game. Uh, and my hope is... Though. Yeah, what did I say? I think you said Dead Space. My apologies. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I, may, I confused those two. Uh, but, you know, the, one of the things is that Glenn from Striking Distance is on the record for saying 12 to 14 hours. And, like, and that's dev math. So I'm hoping it's actually more like 10 to 12. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? great. Like, that sounds perfect. It really does. Totally. Um, Need for Speed Unbound. I'll boot it up. I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll boot it up. Boot it up. I'm stoked to check that you out. You guys are such benevolent kings. From <laughs> yeah. I'll boot you up. <laughs> See how you feel. I, I think just that sort of art style, I think they're finally kind of finding something that might work. It's a good way to put it, Ed. Yeah. That yeah. might They're work. finally I, finding something that might work. And this is completely unfair to Need for Speed, but I, when it comes to driving games like this, I, I, fidelity-wise... I'm looking for something that looks and feels like Forza. And I don't know if this game has a prayer of looking and sounding as good as, as, as Forza does. And maybe like the art style is enough to bring it like enough flair and flashiness to make me go, oh, you know what? Forget all that. I'm having fun. Like that, I think that is probably my biggest prayer for this one. But I, I, love I think it's a tall order for a modern Need for Speed game to be a banger like that. I love that the characters, I don't know how much we'll see them, but I love that they're cell shaded. And yeah. I. I do like that. Like that's such a design design decision that they could have tried to go the realistic route again with maybe some of that FMV shit that they. What what game was that? That was the was remake. Need, need for Speed, or not right? remake, but the reboot. They need for the Speed. Payback. No, I think it was just Need for Speed for the FMV. And, and weird weird decisions going on there. I think this is like the perfect thing to differentiate yourself because I don't think, I don't think you're gonna hit visual fidelity on that level and at that point you are just you're in a losing battle so how do you differentiate yourself in a way that can seem kind of unique and i don't know i like the i like the bright colors i'm a sucker for that shit yeah. i think if uh for if kind of funny has a category that's called best surprise in our game of the year uh talks i, I maybe this could be best surprise if i mean legit it it, it. that's the thing is like the people working on the game it's like we know that they make good games i just i'm most worried about it because we heard about it so late and like i think we heard about this game for the first time less than a month ago yeah, yeah. and now it's just coming out and it's like okay well need for speed doesn't have a track record of well we can trust them like putting out quality products year after year it's like the opposite at this point so we'll have to see but i'm with you like there, there's surprise potential with need for speed unbound uh, I got to talk about Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion, coming at December 13th. I can't wait. I know Janet got to play a little bit, and I didn't get, I missed that episode, so I didn't get to hear too much, but I saw her, her tweet a little clip of it, Um, and she was excited for it. She yeah. had a good time playing it, which I'm a little surprised by, honestly, Uh, because I'm very interested on it being such a supposedly faithful remake of the a remaster even of the original um crisis core it being a psp game it being a spin-off already one of the first action-oriented final fantasy games ever really like in 
um, we've had a lot of iterations since that I think got the games more in line with something that an Andy or a Bless might, and definitely a Greg, might actually even appreciate uh, playing these games. And I know you guys all really enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake. Game of the year. Um, but I... Janet talking about Crisis Core. I'm like, oh, maybe this is a chance. Maybe this will work for you guys. You excited for it? I'm I'm so excited for it. Um, if anything, just to get more of the Final Fantasy VII story. You know, like I enjoyed remake so much because remake, uh, of course, <laughs> remake might have brought a little bit more to the table than a lot of us were <laughs> expecting, just narratively and story wise. But um, remake made me want more of that world, and so much so that I went back and I played a lot of the original Final Fantasy VII, the actual remaster that was on uh, PS4, I'm still in a place where I'm like, yeah, give me more. I want to know about Zack. I want to know about, know about his story. And I want to be teed up for hopefully uh, winter next year, us playing Final Fantasy VII Reunion? No, not Reunion. Re Rebirth. Rebirth. Us playing Rebirth. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm totally into it. Yeah, and what Greg was saying, even about it being a, a shorter game for Callisto, it's like this too, because it was an old PSP game, Like I imagine this is going to be like a... 11 hour experience oh, and i'm like let's go give me that story give me some fun gameplay let's get out of there excited for me isn't the right word curiously optimistic you know what i mean where it's like i liked final fantasy 7 remake and it's the first final fantasy that really clicked with me and so i'm hopeful that those kind of combat and that i know it's different you know whatever but like having those ties to the story i do like i'm hoping this will work for me but i'm also not like I can't wait for it. Like, I'm more excited for Midnight Suns in December than I am for Crisis mm, Core. Mm. In Midnight Suns, I'm actually, like, like car accident excited for it. Like, it's like, because, I, I mean, in the way of, like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> okay, everybody, let's take a step back for a second as Greg Miller explains that one. <laughs> it could be great. It's, it's, like could be it's like me the other day being like, you know, I mean, enough with war crimes. <laughs> and then be like, I don't know if this is what a statement we want to make, Andy. <laughs> I'm excited for Midnight Suns in the way that I just don't know what I'm going to get. Like, you know what I mean? Where it, it kind of honestly, and this isn't a great comparison, but it kind of strikes me in a, some ways as like Gotham Knights. Where it's like, huh, I'm not asking for this. This isn't the thing I want, but I'm glad you're doing something different. I'm glad people are running in different directions with games. And so let's see what Midnight Suns is. Obviously, a talented team. Obviously, I've enjoyed XCOM before. Mm -hmm. Using these cards is interesting. It's you know a new character you're playing as, but that means you get to interface with the heroes you already know and like, which ha I have liked and worked in, it has worked in games before. But since I haven't been on sticks with it, I don't know what I feel about it. If I actually want to play that, if I don't want to stick around with it. But I'm interested in the idea a lot. Yeah. Does uh, Midnight Suns do anything for you, Andy? No, but Crisis Core does. Although I Googled how long to beat, and I'm seeing like anywhere from 18 to 77 hours. Oh, really? I don't know if it excites like me that, that much. <laughs> Did you say 17 to... To 77. To 77? <laughs> yeah. To I obtain... Mean, a, oh, that's 100% yeah. completion. There's a lot of like ultimate weapons. There's a lot of like, like fancy, fancy shit to do. But like the game's mission-based, and because it was PSP, it was portable, so like they designed sure. everything okay. to be a little bit yeah, more like digestible. chunky and digestible. So I, I guess it's such a uh, an overprivileged spot to be in that we are with playing games, but it's like I'm way more likely to play Crisis Core if it's an eight to 10 hour experience than I am if it's an 18 to 20 hour experience. Sure. Yeah. And that's mostly because I don't really want to start it and, and feel like I'm not, you know, I'm in this for the long, if I'm in it for the long haul, then I'm there to beat the game obviously. But I, I don't know. I feel like I'm way more likely to play it if it's a bit of a shorter experience and it seems like it's not. And I don't know if I'm willing to devote that much time to something I'm not, just balls to the wall stoked yeah. for you that, know that i think that's the thing that's characterized a lot of the current review season where like earlier today i sat at my desk 
and I booted up New Tales from the Borderlands because I was excited for New Tales from the Borderlands. And then, like, at, halfway through the first cutscene, I was like, actually, no, never mind. Like, this game. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, really? Like, just the, not, not even like it wasn't the fault of the game. It was just me thinking about the review scores <laughs> and me being like, I'm not ex as excited for this thing as I was before I knew that it was like fine, okay, not you know as great as the original tales yeah. so i was like am i gonna play this thing that is not as good as the first one uh maybe i'll just go back and play other games that i'm reviewing instead and so yeah like if uh, with with the december slate right like i'm looking at crisis core i look at need for speed i look at high on life and i'm like i don't know if all y'all can make it like one or two <laughs> <of you> guys, <laughs> <laughs> not everyone is getting out of here yeah, let's, let's yeah. close, close the episode actually with with high on life like is there anybody here that is like i've really got my eyes on this one. i'm i'm excited for it based on my time with trover saves the universe because trover saves the universe is another squanch game it was their game before this one vr game and it's probably one of my favorite vr experiences i think that game was hilarious obviously it's coming from uh, Squanch and people who did Rick and Morty, you know, that same uh, creator slash voice actor who does pretty much all the voices, right? Who does the same Morty voice in uh, Trover and is doing the same Morty voice in uh, this as well. Um, I, that, that stuff really works on me. I really like that kind of comedy. I think the art style of this game visually, I think it looks really interesting and cool and different. The gameplay seems fine. Like the gameplay they've shown hasn't blown me away, especially the one boss fight we saw at maybe Gamescom. That was way too long. Yeah, like it was long, it was but E3, also right Xbox's E3 thing. It they needed to cut that shit in half. Yeah. It was one of those summer showcases. Like seeing that, I was like, oh, okay, this looks fine to play, but at least maybe fun from a, you know, dialogue and just world perspective. I'm into it for that, but yeah, like it's the one that I'm not, I'm not expecting to set the world on fire. I, I'm excited for it only because of its genre. Like I think if it were another Trover Saves the Universe or another sort of first-person game that isn't necessarily a shooter, but it's kind of like a discoverable walking sim, I'd be a lot less excited for it. But the fact that it's a an FPS that it looks like, you know, you're you're just, it's like a, it's a comical doom almost. I'm super in, and I'm on my, my first rewatch of Rick and Morty so far. Oh, yeah. And I, I know, like, it's super cool to not like Rick and Morty. Y'all are super cool, The those of y'all who don't like it. Y'all are really cool. Um, I'm loving it. Like I, I, I forgot how funny the show actually is and how much it actually makes me laugh. Um, and I'm on season three right now. So, yeah, I'm stoked for more of that. I, I like um, Justin Roiland, and I love his comedic styling, so I'm super in. There you go. Let us know in the comments below what games you're excited for the rest of the year and if you think any of them have the potential to enter the game of the year conversation. Uh, but until next time, remember you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to get all the bonus content, including kind of beauty. Very excited about that. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.